It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.06 on a Saturday morning, 76 this morning already at 8 o'clock. Wow, this is hot. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden Show. If you've got a question about anything that's bothering you outdoors, if you need advice on watering, which you're going to need some advice on watering. And I should not say this because this is Kirk Mellish's job to say this, but I don't have a good feeling about the summertime drought, the summertime rain right now. I hope Kurt has a better feeling about it and can tell us that we are going to have adequate rain this summer. But I would say let's think about how we can prepare for not having quite enough water this summertime as we would like. When you plant your plants, plant them correctly, plant them in amended soil, plant them with a lot of organic matter that they can stand being watered when it didn't rain for very much. That would be my advice. Ed is out in Houston, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Ed, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure, I have a some uh, climbing roses. They've been there three or four years, uh, three years maybe. Yeah. And they've done pretty good in the last year. And early this year, uh, there was quite a few blooms on them. And then uh, all of a sudden, there's hardly any blooms. And I've got a lot of new uh, limbs that are coming up that are actually a deep red color. Uh, and I didn't uh, prune them this spring like I should have, but uh, didn't know what's going on. Hmm. Well, the deep red color. I think I can connect the two of them perhaps together. You have a grafted rose, number one, and the red color is the rootstock, the one that was top of the rose was grafted onto. And because you didn't prune the rootstock, sprouts away they've been allowed to grow enough to bloom and those red blooms are typical of rootstocks that roses are grafted onto and this afternoon their job is to go out and harvest all the roses bring them inside show them to the family and cut all those sprouts that have the red blooms on them all the way down to the base don't let them continue to grow because they are starving the t- upper part of the rose so that it can't get enough energy to bloom now, the, uh, there really aren't any blooms right now. I'm talking about the red being the uh, the stems themselves. Oh, the actual... oh, oh, I thought you were talking about the blooms were red. No. Oh, I went down the wrong path with you then. It still would be the case if you had red blooms and it was the rootstock blooming. I have one in my backyard doing the very same thing. And if it weren't, <laughs> if it weren't in amongst a whole other bunch of sticky bushes, I would cut it down myself. But it's in a place that I'm just too lazy to get in there and get stuck and scratched. I don't want to do it, so... Who knows what I'll do with that rose? But in your case, if it's just the stems themselves that are red, are you saying that it's not blooming at all? It used to bloom other years. And when the stems come out, is it when they come out that they're red? Or tell me more about this red stem stuff, Ed. Well, half of the stems are looking normal, green, um, like they have in past years. Yeah. And earlier this year, a month ago or so, I was getting quite a few good blooms. And uh, then I noticed, the, the, you know, half of the stems now are a rusty red, deep, deep red mm. color that are quite prolific. They're, they're, there's a lot of them. Uh, Lots of thorns. How about the thorniness of them, Ed? Have you noticed that? I haven't noticed that. I know there's some kind of thing where the thorns are real 
close together and all that. Yeah. I haven't noticed that. Yeah. Go online. Go, if you want to, to my website and type the words yeah. Rose Rosette. Or you can just type the word Rosette. It'll take you to the same place. And look at the pictures of roses that have the virus called Rose Rosette. There's not a Saturday for the last couple of months that I have not had at least one call, Ed, of someone I suspected that their rose had this virus. It is a bad disease. You can't control it. The only way you can control it is by digging the rose up and disposing of it. There's no spray. Uh, so okay. if you have rose rosette, which is why I want you to go online and compare the pictures to make sure this redness that is characteristic of rose rosette, the proliferation, the witch's broom we call them at the end of the branches, uh, that's characteristic. Thorniness is also characteristic, and I want you to look at everything and see if it compares to the plants that we know have the rosette. Okay. If you have it, Dig them up. You do not want to heat roses with the rosette virus in your garden ever. Just take them out. Take them out completely. Go. Uh, all right. All right. Thank you. All right, Ed. Good luck with it. I hope it is not rose rosette. If it is, hey, dig them up. And, you know, I, one of my jobs this weekend, I passed through Avondale Estates last week, and I noticed in front of the was it City Hall that I saw this? In front of one of the municipal buildings in Avondale Estates, I saw a rose bush. I was going too fast to really take a minute to stop and turn around and go look at it. But I thought, ooh, that looked like rose rosette. And then I passed and thought, I'll come back by and look. I'll be by there this afternoon, later today, and we'll see if it has rose rosette on it or not. Let's see who we got next in here. Chris in Houston. Again, another Houston call. Hey, Chris, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm fine, Chris. What's up? Well, since things are drying out, I have a perfect little rectangular spot of Bermuda in the backyard above my septic tank that uh, is dying, yeah, or it looks yeah. like it's dying. It's, it's drying out. Yeah, sure. So do I just have to water it, or is there anything I can do to keep it going? I, I think that's it. Water it. I think that is perfectly described what happens when you have a the top of your septic tank is a little too close to the side uh, soil and it dries out quickly and there it is. We've had when's the last time it rained hard in Houston, Chris? It's been a while, been a week or two it anyway. Ha- it looked definitely everything's very dry. Yeah, so that's what I think is going on, and no cure other than water. And the good news is Bermuda usually does not die from drought. They'll go dormant, yes, but does it die? No. So once you water okay. it for a couple of weeks regularly, it should come back. All right, I'll do it because I don't want to dig up my septic tank and make it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, let's water it. The water's a lot cheaper than digging it up. Sounds great. Thank you, Walter. You bet, Chris. Thanks for calling. Uh, another Bermuda problem. David in Marietta said his Bermuda's not looking so good. What's wrong with the Bermuda, David? Well, I, I planted a lot of sod over the last month, and I did it in, in different weeks. Um, and I've heard you talk before, and I forgot what the answer was. I, the, I think the one thing is the dogs are peeing on it yeah. and causing the yellow spots. Is there anything we can do about that or just let it take its time and, and grow grow back in? Well, lightheartedly one time, it's been five, ten years ago now, I suggested that you could get a little string or a piece of adhesive tape and uh, – put a, a water bottle on the end of a dog's hind leg, and whenever he peed, <laughs> trained the dog to put the water on top to dilute the urine so it didn't turn the grass yellow. And somebody actually called me the next week and wanted to know where to buy that. And I thought, come on, people, come on. Uh, well, if, that, that... It, if it's dog urine, the only thing you can do to 
ameliorate the effect is to dilute it quickly after it's been applied. Don't wait three days or anything. And that's okay. it for dog well, well, that leads me to my next question, which uh, you, you addressed kind of with the, your last caller, but how much is too much water? Because what, as I'm putting it down, the sod down, you know, I'm watering it in the morning. I'm watering it as we speak. Yeah. Um, I'm watering it in the morning and in the evenings, yeah. but I don't want to, I don't want to overwater it, but I don't want to underwater it either. We, Cause we, it, you know, it, it's been 95 degrees. New side. You're right. You don't want the new side to dry out. It doesn't have many roots on it anyway. And so you want the side itself and about an inch underneath it to be pretty moist. You can take a trowel, David, and check a few times and see how many minutes or an hour maybe that it takes for the sprinklers to put that much water down. But you don't want it to be soggy after maybe the first watering. I know some people, and I don't disagree with this, when the sod is laid, the first day that it's laid, they'll water till it's soggy. And then they'll start weaning it off of that to getting just the sod and the one inch of uh, soil underneath to be moist. So that's more you're figuring it out and observing than me telling you, oh, an inch today or half inch tomorrow, or a quarter inch every day, every hour or something like that. You just have to go out and look and see what keeps the sod and the soil underneath moist and not soggy. Okay, and we should I should do that for what, the first month? or yeah, first month. By, well, I don't know, by the third week, at least by the third week, you should be weaning it back so that you're watering maybe three, four times a week, not every day, but every other day, perhaps. And then by the six weeks out, we should be watering twice a week. And by eight weeks out, I'm thinking we should be watering once a week deeply, and that should be enough for the sod to be healthy because it's got good roots on it by that time. It should anyway have really good roots on it by eight weeks out. And one watering a week and about an inch of water for each one, that's what grass wants. Grass wants to dry out between waterings when it's mature and established. And so you want to dry it out for a little while anyway during the week. Well, that's great information. I appreciate that. And that's definitely helpful because I was doing almost the opposite. But anyway, <laughs> lastly, before I, before you uh, let me go, yeah. um, I'm trying to keep the critters off my tomatoes. I got tomatoes I planted a couple of weeks ago and they're, and they're coming up good. And I yeah. had a couple of yellow flowers and then I come up and they've been chewed off at the nub. Oh, man. <laughs> and, yeah, something had chewed them off. So uh, one of my neighbors recommended mothballs. I went over to Home yeah. Depot, and they had all sorts of sprays and things yeah. that, you know, you can buy. What's the best uh, idea there? Do you have any idea what chewed it off? Was it an animal? Or I do not. I, um, it it gnawed down to the nub, so I'm I'm assuming it was probably a critter of some sort. Not I'm assuming it could also be David failure to pollinate because when flowers do not get pollinated, they fall off. So it's possible that it fell off, dried up, blew away before you noticed anything, David. So what I think I would do if, if we don't know exactly what is causing the damage, bug, chipmunk falling off. We don't know exactly which one it is. Just wait till some more flowers appear and be observant every day. Go out once or twice a day and look and see if it does look like an animal did it or a bug or it dried up. If it's pollination, we thump it. I told a caller earlier this morning, you thump the flowers once or twice a day and you get good pollination that way. If it's chipmunks, then fencing is about the only thing that works. Mothballs, no, they don't work. Uh, for chipmunks, if it's an insect, which I doubt, but if it's an insect, we can think of something that will control the insect and not hurt the tomato vine. But we got to figure out what it is first. That's the real, real deal. What do we got to do? Do we recommend putting Miracle Grow or some product like that on tomatoes and peppers? Well, if you haven't fertilized, sure. But if you have fertilized, there's no need to re fertilize for this at all. 
Oh, last thing I'm last thing and I'm gonna go. I'm sorry, being real wrong. Quick, real quick, uh, real quick, thirty seconds. 10, 10, 10, 10 for this Bermuda sod. Recommended yeah. or no? No. Use uh, turf fertilizer. Turf fertilizer is a slow release, uh, better formulated for lawn use for grasses to grow. And 10, 10, 10 uses way too much phosphorus for the grass to be happy. You don't need it. And it contributes to water pollution, too. So, no. Turf fertilizer for turf. 10, 10, 10 for maybe a couple of other things that we won't go into that now. It's 818, and we'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the Lawn and Garden advice you need. Outside today and tomorrow. Sunny, hot, sunny, hot. Highs in the mid 90s, low in the low 70s. Hasn't been this hot since May 25th, 1960. Long, long, long ago in the mists of time. The weather forecast, of course, brought to you by Finley Roofing. The full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Ashley got a question on Twitter that came in over my Twitter account. Ashley, read the question of the lady that wanted to know how to control the poison ivy. Uh, Virginia Creeper and other poisoned items. She says, all over the yard, it looks like a jungle, and it's just too much to pull, which I can feel her pain. I have that kind of thing going on in my juniper. So an animal-safe, more organic way to eradicate this. I think this is a case where the bonide burnout uh, organic herbicide might be exactly what she wants because... The Bonide product has the citric acid and clove oil, I believe is the other active ingredient in it, both of which are burned down chemicals. And because poison ivy is pretty susceptible to being in Virginia creeper too, to having the leaves burnt off pretty much kills the whole plant. They don't re-sprout as vigorously as, say, honeysuckle or privet or something like that. So this might be a case if you want something that's completely animal safe, citric acid, well, that's uh, you know, it comes from lemons and clove oil. That smells good too. So the bonide burnout is, I think, what you would use. The key is to get it on all the leaves, and if you do it in the middle of the afternoon, my observation on using burnout is that man, it crisps them up by six o'clock, six six p.m. The leaves are turning yellow. If they're not brown, they almost are brown. Next day, they all curl up and crispy brown. Bonide Burnout. You get it at Pike Nursery, of course. Mickey Gaffey will be here in just a minute to talk about Pike Nursery and their big sale this weekend. So anything you use on something like poison ivy, whether it's organic or yeah. not, yeah. how long after, you know, I mean, does does that poison ivy leaf and everything need to break down to where you can physically touch it Ooh, and not get the oil? Good question. You know, the the stuff that makes you itch is called arushiol. It's a sort of a resin. It's a combination of the sap and some other stuff in the poison ivy leaf and stem. And arushiol is broken down by sunshine, oxygen, and water, which when she's out in her front yard, what she's going to have a lot of, sunshine, oxygen, and if she rains and waters it a little bit, some water, which breaks down the arushiol, so it's not there for more than, I would say, a week. I would still be careful. I'd still wear gloves when I pick up those leaves that have been sprayed, but it's not going to take much time for the arushiol to disappear, I think. And I can tell you, with the plastic bag, yeah. the, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution comes in. That was great advice you gave a couple weeks Real ago, handy. putting that the up your ad- arm. The advice and then you're was, safe. 
The Sunday edition of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is great for credible, compelling, complete news reporting and investigations, but also because you can use that plastic bag to pull poison ivy out without getting it all over your hands. That's what the two good things are. The third thing, Thursday, the Lawn and Garden column by yours truly with garden questions and answers is valuable as well. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Sunday edition coming up tomorrow. It's 828. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. I'd just like to uh, remember to... uh fellow airmen I was stationed with and at Patrick Air Force Base that were killed in the Cobar Towers bombing. Captain Han and, and Airman Wood were both uh, in my unit and they lost their lives during the bombing and just want to remember them and the others who died on that day back in Part of our effort this weekend, WSB listeners are leaving personal memorials this Memorial Day for family members who served. And you can use the open mic feature on the WSB radio app to leave a memory of someone in your family who has served in the military this Memorial Day weekend. Well, it's 36 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden, and you wouldn't have a garden in Atlanta if you had not gone to Pike Nursery. And of course, my friend Mickey Gasway at Pike Nursery is the person I go to when I want advice for gardening. Good morning. Hey, good How morning, are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm so glad. Listen, can you hear? I'm sitting in my backyard. I can't do it really I'm sitting in my backyard, and the birds are singing so loud, I can barely hear you. I don't know what this is about. But it's so cool. It's happy birds. <laughs> They're happy birds. Or- Earlier this morning, I talked about the chimney swifts that had come into my chimney at home. I heard them coming in last night. I thought, oh, boy, the little babies will be hatched out in a week or two. Oh, yeah. And I'll have them screaming and yelling when Mama comes in with the bugs. Oh, yeah, especially until I had one drop down in my chimney. Or get, it wasn't a baby. It was a big one. It got in the house and was wild. <laughs> it can be, it can be a nuisance, I guess, uh, when the babies get to make a lot of... Smudges. I remember when one got in my house when I was a kid, and the mm-hmm. it flew around and around as we chased it out of the yes. house. I remember the little smudges of soot on the wall where that's, it hit the wall. Oh, that's sure. Yeah. I'm sure. That's so, funny. So, Mickey, every week we meet at this time to talk <laughs> about the Pike Pick of the Weekend. What is going on at Pike this weekend? Well, we are extending our customer appreciation and, uh, for certain things uh, for another week because this has been such a great um event for us everybody we've had so many people and we just our our customers have just been incredible and we just want to thank them some more because they have been so good and um so this week we've still got some things on sale and i was just gonna kind of read them off to you about that i'm I'm old and i I can't forget um the tropicals are still 30 percent off that's a great deal that's more than before uh the pond plants are still 20% off, which I got the other day and put some in mine. I put some water lettuce and some, um, what's the ones that the big things eat? Um, high, water hyacinths. Water hyacinths, yeah, sure. They love those. Yeah, my fish were happy. Um, and certain perennials, <laughs> not all of them, but certain perennials are 30 to 50% off, and there's some good looking ones out there for 50% off because I got some of those. Um, 
lilacs 50% off, rhododendron 30% off, select pottery 50 to 70% off. Wow. Uh, trellises and arbors are still 20% off, and the McCutcheon's jams are still 50% off. So we got some great deals. That sounds great. And even though it's not Mother's Day when you have somebody to buy for, if you're going to a party, the jams would be nice to bring as a little housewarming gift to a party, even a flower to bring to your host as a uh, gift oh, yeah. this weekend. It would be a great time on Memorial Day to do that. And if there's any peach butter, I think it's pe- yeah, peach butter left at your store, try it. It's wonderful. That's awesome. <laughs> It is so good. One of the things that I've been very pleased with this year, Mickey, is the um, coneflowers that I bought last year from Pike. They had, I think it must have been the sale last year that I bought these coneflowers. They're the red-orange-flowered coneflower. It came up this and year. And they've done good for you? Wow, they did great this year. Big clump Oh, I'm up. so glad. Yeah. That's great. Very impressive. My coneflowers, if this has been a good year for my coneflowers, my coneflowers, uh-oh, um, can you hear Bubba? I hear the you bird. Me. Yes, I'm sorry. i got to get away from him. <laughs> Um, no, the uh, and my nepeta, my uh, Walker's low cat mint uh-huh. is absolutely gorgeous now. So if you see any of that, think about that because it is so pretty right now. Walker's low Absol- cat mint. Walker's low cat mint nepeta. Um, and let's see. Oh, what I want to tell you one more thing that I'm oh, proud okay. of. I'm walking around in my front yard, so Bubba can't hear me. The uh, <laughs> what was it? Five, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, when Pike had the tomatoes on sale for right three ninety nine or something like that. Yeah, I got three of them. I got uh-huh. red tomatoes. Red tomatoes. I'm going to eat for lunch this afternoon. You're the red. Mine are, red. No, mine are red. I'm right walking right by my garden right now. Mine are not red. Mine are still green, but they're getting huge. Mine are but, big and red and happy, and I'm really pleased with my pike tomatoes. Well, good. I'm so glad you eat tomato sandwiches before you know it. <laughs> Mickey, How do you eat your tomato sandwiches? White bread. And That's right. uh, Hunt's, it depends on what I have. Is it Hellman's or Hunt's, one or the other? Hunt's is the classic mayonnaise for really? the... Really? Yeah, Hunt's, come oh. on. But Hellman's, doing? real mayonnaise. Hellman's or Duke? Hellman's like Duke. mostly. But Hunt's... Oh, okay. Yeah, me too. Yeah, okay. Bacon is right, almost always got to be an ingredient in there, but white bread, the mayonnaise, mm-hmm. the bacon... Squishy bread. Big, Squishy bread. Yeah. Yeah, redneck bread, Stan calls it. <laughs> We call it daddy bread because that's oh, the only bread, only person in my family who would eat the white bread was my dad. Because my mother oh, made okay. the rest of us eat the brown bread when I was Oh, a kid. okay. So daddy oh, bread okay. and mayonnaise and bacon <laughs> and a great big half inch or three quarters of an inch slice of tomato that fits over the whole slice of bread. That's a tomato sandwich. BLT. That's right. Okay. I can't wait. I'll be right over. Mickey, if we wanted to go to find the local Pike Nursery location where we can get all these deals, the things that are for sale this weekend, a customer appreciation weekend, where would we go online? At pikenursery.com. Don't have too much fun, Mickey. This is Memorial Day. I know you want to calm down a little bit, but I know you're Oh, I know. Fun. Okay, you too. We'll have see a you good soon. day. Four four eight seven two zero seven fifty is the number on Lawn and Garden. If you have a question about your garden... Right now is the time to get in. We've got two lines that are open. Let's see if we can get Susan in here. Susan joins us from Decatur. Hi, Susan. Good morning. Hi. Thanks Hi. for taking my call. How can I help? Um, I have a um, rather large backyard, and in the back part of the backyard, I have a creek that goes across it. And the ground around that creek, when it rains, it'll get soggy. And I've got some river birches back there that just do great. Good. 
it's very sunny. And but I'm looking to put some maybe some shrubs around, you know, the outside of the drip line of the river birch. Mm-hmm. And I want something that because um, when it rains, I'll get some water that'll sit there for maybe an hour and then then you know it'll be gone. That can take you know a little wetness in its roots. Mm-hmm. I've got a big George Tabor azalea back there and i know they don't really like to be wet but that thing has been there for 15 years and it's just gangbusters and you said you had a lot of sun too right susan tons of sun great i got two suggestions right here then both of them have just finished flowering i hate to say that but they just finished flowering in my garden That's all right but the itea i-t-e-a virginia sweet spire has these white hanging downy things that are just oh, yeah. gorgeous and I love yeah, I Sweet Spire. It's very water tolerant, and uh, it would be one shrub. It'll hold the moisture if your creek ever overflows the banks, and the Sweet Spire is sort of suckering, and so it holds uh, the soil from erosion back there. And wow. uh, the Japanese iris, all the Japanese iris are very oh. water tolerant. And, they, and there's also the yellow flag, which I don't have a yellow flag in my backyard, but the Japanese irises are right on the edge of a little pond in my back. Yeah, and I they love water, and they bloom like crazy. Okay. All right. Well, I'll look at Virginia Sweet Spire. Any, any other things for shrubby Well, things? of course, I'm going to give you a, no, a way to get a list of things. Rain gardens, oh, okay. as you know, rain garden is a way of yeah. landscaping your yard so that when water collects in one place, you put plants that tolerate water there and make a little decorative spot. So if you go on my website and just type the words rain garden in, there's a huge list of plants appropriate for wet spots. And that's oh, what I'll I want to that. refer you to. You're fabulous. Rain garden. Thank you. You bet, Susan. Hey, thanks for calling. Are you going to come to the arts festival today? No, actually, I'm building a raised bed for a cutting garden because I grow a lot of cutting flowers. Susan, Memorial Day means the Decatur Arts Festival is in town. You need to go to that. I know. I got to get this bed built, though. Tomorrow it'll be open tomorrow (laughs) as well. I'll be there this afternoon. We will see you sometime in Decatur. Okay. All right. Okay. See you soon. 404, the Decatur Arts Festival is one of those cool things. If you go to it, you'll see why lots of fun art, lots of uh, interesting things going on for performances during it. And it's Memorial Day weekend, Saturday and Sunday, Decatur, the Decatur Arts Festival. A little free advertising there for them because I want to go this afternoon. Bill is in Marietta and real quickly get his question answered. Hey, Bill, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Thanks for taking my call. Happy Memorial Day Thank to you. Thank you, sir. How can we help? Uh, uh, about two years ago, I pruned about a three-inch diameter limb off a maple tree in our yard, and uh, the wound is healing up quite nicely. But I noticed yesterday in the center of the wound, um, it started to rot, and it's wow. about a hole about the size of my thumb. I want to get a recommendation from you about sealing that up, what material to use or what have you to keep bugs and moisture and water from doing it the tree is extremely healthy mm-hmm. and uh but i did notice this so i need some help most arborists are going to tell you don't don't put tar don't put paint don't put anything to seal it up that it that eventually tar and paint or anything we put in there is going to fail crack dry out and allow moisture in anyway and then it'll be sort of sealed behind your temporary tar paint seal and so just normal evaporation, normal moisture and, and air movement back and forth through the hole is probably better for the tree in the long run than trying to seal it up. So I'm going to say, Bill, leave it alone. 
All right. Thank you. And so, again, it goes against your instinct. Your instinct is we've got to seal it up so the rain doesn't get back in there and hollow out my tree. But the tree is healing itself. The tree feels that wound and inside is making a wall of real thick cells that the water and uh, all cannot penetrate and disease cannot penetrate. And so the tree doesn't need any help. It's just that we don't realize the tree is doing its job, but we don't see it because it's behind the wound. It's inside the tree. We don't know that. We think, well, well you got to do something on the outside, like you do a Band-Aid on our, on our leg if we got, got cut. But in this case, I think it's better to leave it as it is and let the tree do it. All right. Thank All right. you very much, Walter. Have mm-hmm. a great weekend. Thanks so much. Thanks. We'll see you soon, Bill. For, well, I better not give the phone number because we only have one more break here. We'll go to 847. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade from Atlanta's Morning News on WSB. Our 24-hour news center delivers updates all weekend. Depend on it. We'll be here Monday morning, 430 till 9 for breaking news and traffic and weather every six minutes. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves. When I wake up in the morning, love And the sunlight hurts my eyes well, It's going to hurt your eyes today and tomorrow Quick weather forecast, quick weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing Because today and tomorrow it's going to be sunny It's going to be hot, it's going to be sunny and hot Both days high in the mid-90s, low in the low 70s Right now 79 degrees It's not even 9 o'clock yet, 79 degrees outside Hadn't been this hot on May 25th since 1960, back when I was a young whippersnapper. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Janice is out in Alpharetta and joins us on Lonely Garden. Hi, Janice. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. Hi. Okay, so I have a question about our vegetable garden. Sure. Uh, so in an effort to get rid of chipmunks, we put mothballs mm-hmm. around the garden and in the garden. Uh-huh. I have since learned how toxic they are. So we've pulled them, of course, maximum 10 days they were in the garden. Okay. So um, what my question is, is do we have to pull the vegetables? Like, have we lost them because of how much damage there could be? Or do you think we can salvage them? I'm not a doctor. I don't work for CNN. I can only tell you what I would do. Yes. I would eat those vegetables in a heartbeat because most of the, but the mothballs, for the most part, the chemical is evaporated from the mothballs. You know, it fumigates uh, supposedly uh, chests and things where you store your furs and things like that during the wintertime. And in the open atmosphere, the mothballs simply evaporate due to temperature and, and sunshine on it. And so the evaporation with wind going across your vegetable garden, I would think most of the mothball smell, the chemical, is going to be blown away from the garden. It might have rained on them, but there's very little that would dissolve into the ground. I don't think much of that would be absorbed into the plants themselves. Again, speaking as an unqualified, not doctor, not CNN, not anything like that, as a gardener, I would yes, eat sir. the vegetables. I would not pull the vegetables out. I would not have a minute's hesitation in uh, eating those vegetables. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. Well, you know, talk to me in September when you're all in the hospital from eating contaminated <laughs> vegetables. And give me a buzz in, chance. Let me know. But I believe I would be safe. I'm not going to say safe. My insurance man won't let me say safe. I believe I would be justified based on my own experience in saying you can eat the vegetables. All right, great. Thank you so much. 
talk to me in, in August, in, in September, Janice. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. Yes, sir. I will follow up with you. I really appreciate your help. Right. See you soon, Janice. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, again, I'm not a doctor. Everybody knows that, right? Everybody knows that I'm not a doctor, and I have not qualified to comment on this. I am qualified to comment on this morning's show, which I had a great time this morning, although my voice was failing in the early hours of the morning because I couldn't get the pump out of my voice then. And I recovered. Ashley Frasco did a great job answering calls off the air. Also, trying to recover from the vision of chicken gut spilled all over the highway. You should follow Ashley Frasco and her Twitter feed, Ashley Frasco WSB, because she has interesting things and information about how you can get around the traffic in Atlanta. When she says no no bueno, she means no bueno in Atlanta. It's bad somewhere. Jason Byers, of course, brought our music this morning and makes me happy to have come in on a Saturday morning because I know we'll be on the air and there'll be no problems with our transmission. Dave Baker makes me happy because I know he's here and I don't have to say anymore. I can go home, take a nap. Dave Baker right now is taking a nap. But he'll wake up by 9 o'clock for the Home Fix It show. I'll see you next Saturday morning, everybody for another edition of Lawn and Garden.